Time now for the Aggie Guys Sports Spectacular with your hosts, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, and Mike Keglin. Aggies Guys Sports Spectacular, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Keglin. Glad you're here with us. Um, look, it's... Uh, a week off here for AM and a week of soul searching, right, guys? I mean, you know, tough loss last week at Tennessee. This is a game the Aggies could have won. Um, and now we're right back to, you know, boy, how fast things change. It was just two weeks ago, right? Alabama week going into it, Hope Springs Eternal, and and now four and three, and all kinds of questions. And really, some of those those chants are are getting louder, Brad. Yeah, they are. You know, here's the reality. They've played three quality teams, um, what you would call quality teams, top 25 level teams. They've lost all three. And, and that's 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 the reality of the situation for Texas A&M. And, and that's not good enough. And, you know, for them, for this fan base and the people who've thrown all this NIL money into this recruiting and allowed them to have top five recruiting classes the past couple of years. Now, is it fair for Jimbo Fisher? Probably not. Probably isn't because... You know, you give them another year if you want to do this. But right now, people are just, you know, everyone, people like to part with their money. Um, so they they like to, you know, pay huge buyouts. But yeah, it's a now that said, should they have won last week? Probably. And the other thing is, I would say that when they host Alabama, they dominated, they, they were leading at halftime and then just looked terrible in the second half. Um, you know, probably should have lost by more in that game, even the second half, but uh, got a couple breaks and still couldn't get over the hump. So yeah, they need to take care of business. Yeah. You know, football isn't like college basketball. You can't build it instantaneously. You know, uh, an 18 year old, you can't have a bunch of freshmen going up against a bunch of 22 and 23 year olds and win. And, and when you look at Texas A&M's history, they've had two double-digit winning seasons since the Southwestern Conference exit. And obviously, you had the Big 12 coming to existence, and you had the SEC, a higher level of competition than the Southwest Conference. And um, when they merged in with the Big 8 to be the Big, the, the Big 12, now going into the SEC, which is the arguably the highest level of competition. I, I'm not saying Jimbo's the right guy. It's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is you probably got to string together four or five top five level classes to see what you can do because Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama have strung together 15 or 20. And oh, by the way, they've had top level coaches for all those years coaching those kids up. And you've had two years and we can debate on the level of the coaching staff. I, I, I don't want to sound like the guy who's trying to pee in everybody's Cheerios, but you, you, there's, there's got to be a level of just because you pay a lot of money doesn't mean you're going to win because I don't see the Yankees and the Mets in the World Series. Yeah, that's a good point. Although uh, I'm at the breakfast bar, I'm going to go for a, a, a bagel now. Um, <laughs> you know, but you're exactly right. When you, when you talk about this, um, uh, you know, this program right now. And I think that's the thing that, look, we all want to win, right? Everybody wants to win. We want success. We want to be happy. We want to storm the field. We want to wear our, our colors proudly, all that. Um, but you're exactly right. You're in not only just, not only the SEC, you're in the West where every single team, um, you know, is, is, is has a chance to be ranked. 
at some point every year. I mean, right now, Mississippi State is down because Mike Leach passed away. But before that, you know, they were a team that went to a bowl game last year. Right now, LSU's been ranked all season. Ole Miss, Alabama, uh, Auburn hasn't, but they're right there. They've already had some some big wins this year. Um, you know, it, it is, and then it's about to get even tougher with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. So um, I guess to your point, how realistic right now is expecting, I think it's kind of what you're saying, Mike, is expecting that, you know, 10-win season, year in, year out, in Aggieland. I think it's, here's the thing, and it goes back to what I said, yeah. I, I think it's unrealistic, and we were because we're on the outside looking in. But those people are ponying up millions of dollars to get these guys. You say, if you get me these guys, we're going to win. Well, we got those guys, or we're not winning. And so nobody says, you know, wait a couple of years. Well, and the other thing is, there is let they used to say it was a four year rebuild in football, like you said, Mike, but that's changed now because of the transfer portal, because guys don't have to transfer and sit out. You can go out and get guys and immediately impact your program and make a change right away. We've seen it with first-year guys coming, going to the portal and getting guys. So you can't really use that excuse anymore, even though I think it's valid because I think you want to try and build through the, the program. But then on the other side, Texas A&M, the last conference title they won was what, 1998? That was the last time they won a conference title in anything or in any football conference, 1998. I mean, Mike, you were like 60 then. I mean, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing because you look at other teams across the country, you know, for example, you look in the big 10 and you look at the success that Iowa's had. And if, if you transplant Ohio state fans, into Iowa, they would be so unhappy. And Iowa wins 10 games almost every year. And yet they don't ever win the Big Ten because they're stuck with Ohio State. They're stuck with, you know, Michigan. And you've got Alabama, you know, Georgia at the top right now. And it was LSU and Florida. And and it, it seems like there's two heavyweights. And then everybody else kind of has to fight up to that first or second place in the sec and i just don't think right now that that texas a&m has enough guns to shoot their way up the mountain maybe well, i'm wrong you know it's been talked there's been talk about this all season long that there you know there, there may be some boosters willing to buy out jimbo fisher's contract the problem is it is a massive buyout it was just two years ago when they gave him the extension 10 years 95 million um but you know a few weeks ago um bruce felbin reporter who uh, you know great college football reporter, great sources, uh, was on the Fox Big Ten noon kickoff and said, you know, absolutely that, um, you know, there could be a possibility of, of, you know, the powers that be getting enough money together to write that massive check to send him packing. I want to get your thoughts on that. And your the other, the second thing is, you know, okay, um, who do you replace it with? Who, who do you bring in to make, to make the magic happen? Hmm, maybe an urban, you could do some urban planning down at Texas A&M. Some urban renewal. Urban renewal. Urban renewal. There you go. I like urban renewal. That's good. No, here's my thing. I, I don't think it's, there's two two schools of thought for me. Yes, if you don't feel like Jimbo Fisher's the right guy, there's no point keeping him there. But second thing is, you haven't really given him a chance to see if he's the right guy. And, and so I, I see both sides of it. 
But I also, you know, I'm not a big guy who keep coaches if you don't think they're the right guy. If you think a guy can win, then do that. These guys have spent, and, and I, I was just doing some research, and I'm telling you, this is part of the problem. They spent $485 million to renovate their football stadium in 2015. They've spent $32 million towards their uh, practice facility, a weight room they spent $9 million on, another $200 million on athletic facilities soon. Money, money, money. Eventually, eventually you got to win some games. Yeah, and and it's not that they don't win some games, but they don't win enough games. They seem to be stuck kind of in that NBA thing where they're just at the bottom of the playoffs. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, because they're they're stuck basically at eight and five, excuse me, eight and four, seven and five. And that's that's a place that you know nobody really wants to be at. But I I, I think they do need to determine that. And the problem is, is if you have to pay Jimbo Fisher, let's just round it off to 80 million. Now you got to go find another hundred million to pay Urban Meyer. So it, th- this th- that's a huge outlay of money. Now I do think, and I'm going to say this, I do think Urban Meyer is the only guarantee of success out there because he's won national titles at two places. Any other coach that you get, you could pay a hundred million for and be just as frustrated as Jimbo Fisher. So are you going to spend $180 million and in three years be banging your head against a wall again? I don't know. Spend, spend another 180 it's million. Not, it's not so my good. money, so it's easy for me to say go spend it. Uh, Mr. Kegley, I've got this loan application right here. If you would just fill out this <laughs> front page, back page, sign right here and here by the X's. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Aggies guys, sports spectacular quick time out right now. By the way, we still have uh, Mark Passwater is going to come on AggieYell.com. He's going to give us uh, his thoughts on this program right now. Four and three, uh, here after back to back losses to Alabama and Tennessee, and a week off to kind of think about uh, what's next and how to finish out the rest of the season. We'll get Mark's comments. We'll also talk about a little, uh, little Deion Sanders. We'll step outside uh, Aggie land and uh, talk about the, another coach very frustrated uh, going into this weekend. Stay with us. Much more to come right here. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News & World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053. 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. 
Uh, guys, earlier this year, we saw earlier this fall, actually, summer, late summer, we saw in Lincoln, Nebraska, the all-time uh, largest crowd to see a women's sporting event when 92,003 fans packed the football Memorial Stadium to see Nebraska volleyball play. Well, it wasn't quite as many people, but still very impressive. Um, Iowa women's basketball, fresh off that uh, trip to the NCAA championship game last April, their first ever trip to the to the title game, uh, 55,000 plus to shatter the formerly largest crowd ever to see a college women's basketball game. And that was in the final four, uh, 29,000 and change. Um, really impressive uh, for Iowa to come out and do that. And listen, you know, Iowa basketball, we should remember. Women's basketball has been, they had the, the old six on six back in the day in the seventies. Um, you know, and actually, I mean, they, they've got a great tradition of women's basketball going back for generations there. Um, so it shouldn't, I guess it shouldn't be much of a surprise that they've got that kind of um, grassroots support in the, in the Hawkeye state. Yeah. And, and those people were just excited to see 94 points. That's a full season of Iowa football. <laughs> you were waiting all yeah. week for that, weren't you? I was. Yeah, and, and uh, fifty five thousand people is just—it's amazing when you think about that. Um, the fan support that they got—they uh, got to see a triple double um, from Caitlin Clark. I mean, uh, that's the other thing is—is is when you get the fans to turn out like that, the team provides a heck of a performance as well. Uh, that's also very helpful. They didn't go out and score, let's say, three points, you know, or something like that. That the football team has a tendency to do or zero. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So um, I, I think it's it's it just shows you it shows you that women's sports has um, a group of fans that are that are maybe largely untapped out there. Yeah. And we love it. But again, the basketball there, women's basketball, girls basketball in high school goes back to 1920. In fact, uh, the, the head coach there uh, said the the associate head coach's grandmother is in the Iowa state hall of fame uh you know for basketball that's how long it goes way back then uh the six on six they went to the five player game back in the 1980s but again uh and a great chance again look it helps when you've got a really good team which iowa does right now and probably the best player in the college game by far um caitlin clark maybe even men or women's um caitlin clark is just simply phenomenal she's must see tv must see on this night as well so it's pretty cool Fifty five thousand, even DePaul. The team that they beat in this 90, 94-72. Even the Paul players were impressed, saying that's pretty incredible to to uh, to see this. Hey, okay. Uh, meanwhile, another story that we we saw here uh, during the week: um, the Giants interviewing uh, a woman, possibly to be the manager. Yeah, I, I think it's good to exhaust all your options and see what you can find. I, I just, I'm not sure that's going to happen at this point in time. Um, I, I don't think that major league baseball players are probably ready for that yet, but I think it's good to see what we've had. I mean, it shows we're becoming a lot more, um, you know, we're, at least we're exhausting all options and trying to find the best, the best hire, whether it's no matter who it is. Yeah. And the bottom line is, is it just shows that there's some progress. Cause you know, if you would have told the four of us that, that, that there was a woman being interviewed for this type of position 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we would say that there's absolutely no possibility that it could happen. Um, so that means the progress may not be as fast as people want, but it is happening. Yeah. This story first reported by The Athletic. And to your point, Mike, even five years ago, um, Alyssa Nacken is her name, uh, only 33 years old, 
Uh, she's already the first woman ever named to a big league coaching staff, and that happened back in 2020. And then uh, last year in 2022, the first woman to serve as a base coach uh, when she uh, did that following an ejection um, with the Giants. She's been with the organization now for uh, for you know several years now. Uh, good good uh, softball player back in college, so she knows the game. Uh, but you're right. If nothing else, um, as they try to replace the fired uh, Gabe Kapler, um, you know, you kind of consider, um, you know, you've got some progress. In fact, at least she was even interviewed. That alone is is progress. Yeah, no question. I, I think it's good. I, I think it shows, you know, you wonder about this, though. How is it going to work in a locker room? That's my only question. You know, how's it going to how's it going to play with this uh, with this locker room? It's always a question that you have. And I think there are some, you know, a couple sports where it's going to be very difficult for that to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have no idea on that. Um, it seems to work when the situation is reversed, you know, nobody thinks, uh, uh, Gino, you know, at, uh, UConn has any problems, you know, in a women's locker room. So maybe you take those same rules and use them in the opposite. But, um, at that point, I guess they, they'll have to figure out how they want those things to work. I think the the knowledge of the game is the key thing, and it seems that with her background um, with collegiate softball and then what she's learning here in the big league coaching staff, she seems to be at least getting that part down quite well. Yeah, well, she's already part of the coaching staff, so I guess they've got that part yep. of the clubhouse figured out. Maybe, um, again, going to the minors first and then working her way back up again. But good for her. Good for the Giants to making this step. More to come after this. State looking for their first win ever against Boise State. One final shot. Fowler Nicolosi chucking it into the end zone. Everybody is there. Is it caught? Is it caught? Colorado State. Dallin Holker makes the catch. It's a miracle in Fort Collins. Give the courtesy to FS1 on that one. What a way to finish Colorado State getting its first ever win last weekend. Uh, over Boise State, um, what a year it's been in football, huh? I mean, you know, that's one side, you know, from the sublime to the ridiculous, I guess, uh, to quote uh, one Bob Costas back in the day. On the other side, Colorado, the Buffaloes, um, massive lead, right, uh, against Stanford. Uh, one win, Stanford, and yet <laughs> the Cardo comes back, biggest comeback in school history. Uh, to knock off the buffs um, and a bit of that luster coming off again, Deion Sanders. Coach Prime talking uh, a bit later about his team really just uh, just didn't show up in the second half. Just didn't like how I felt going in at halftime. We come back out, and here comes the complacency. Here comes that team that I can't stand, that you can't stand, that you can't understand how in the world that happens to us. But it did, and uh, didn't turn it back on, I think, until – late in the fourth quarter when we were able to go down and, and get a score and we go down and then they tied up and we got overtime and you don't want to go in overtime because they, they have nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. I was surprised that they kicked the field goal the first time. I thought they was just going to go for two and try the best to get it over with. When it all started, that's when all the foolishness, all the complacency, all the mess started. I mean, we, how in the world, we give up a, Jesus. 
Uh, our secondary did not play the best game, especially at the cornerback position. You listen to that soundbite. He is not a happy camper, is he? I mean, he's a little, you can see he's just completely flustered. Um, you know, and he just, I, I get it, you know, but now you wonder like how many of these guys is he going to have to, he's going to have to send another 40 guys packing in the off season <laughs> to bring in more in the transfer portal. Yeah, there's, there's, you, you know, the bottom line is, I guess, as a coach, everything that happens under that, under you in that program kind of bubbles up to the head coach. And sometimes you have to own the bad stuff just like you do the good. And I wonder if Dion's going to sit there and you remember that reporter that he, that he like singled out for not believing in him. Is he going to single that guy out and go, Hey, I didn't do so good this week. Did I, but I guess he probably isn't going to do that this week. <laughs> no, You're I don't just, think so. And, and you know, it comes back to, it's one of those again, that it's college football and stuff happens. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think this is where, you know, look, the, 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 the three and old start, it was awesome, but we all knew at some point it's going to come to an end. Um, but this is one of those where, again, you've you've got the hype going, et cetera, but you got to come out. You know, our, our producer, Tony Cordero, had a, had a great comment in our, our production meeting and said, you know, Dion was all mad, right? He didn't he didn't want to stay up late and play the 10 p.m. Eastern kickoff uh, or whatever it was on on a Friday night. I mean, he didn't want to. And as Tony said, you know, his guys went to bed at halftime. But dum bum they clearly did. I mean, they looked like they were asleep, you know, for sure in the second half as they were chasing Stanford. It's not exactly like Stanford is a juggernaut offense either, right? I mean, so this is not to give up that many points. Um, it is got to be a little bit frustrating. But, you know, they get a bye week, and so hopefully they can get, you know, everybody he healthy and get ready to go. But, you know, they've got their four wins, and they got to get to six. And I don't know that they have a – win five and six on the schedule coming up. I, I don't know that they get there. It's still a great story. I mean, he's you know, one, they were terrible last year and they won four games this year against a, a pretty tough schedule and got some nice wins, but yeah, I just don't think, I don't know. I don't see two more wins. This was why at the start of the season, when I, I was like, Mr. Stick in the mud, it's, it's like the schedule's really tough and what he's done is great, but let's not declare victory too early. You've got a team that can score points but can't win games. And and that's what college football is all about. You've got a team in Iowa that can't score points but somehow can win games. It it doesn't have to make sense. It just is. <laughs> they they score more points in one game than Iowa gives up all season, and they give up more <laughs> points in one game than Iowa gives up all season. Exactly, exactly. Excellent point. Excellent point. All right. A timeout now. The, the conversation continues after this. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. 
worth it? If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-373-8414. That's 800-373-8414. You're listening to the Aggie Guys Radio Network. Welcome back here to the show. Larry, Mike, and Brad. And uh, as we're talking, Aggies have the week off. And uh, let's get some more insight on that game last week. Mark Passwater is joining us. Uh, once again, back on the show, publisher of AggieYell.com. Uh, always great stuff. Mark, always good to talk to you. Welcome back. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate it. Sure. Um, hey, last week, boy, you know, this was a game that we were talking on the show. We really felt, and as we mentioned a few minutes ago, this was a game that that the Aggies could win. Um you can argue they should have won. Um, tough loss, and then you got to go into the bye week, so you got a couple of weeks to kind of sit on this. Yeah, it's it's frustrating because that's the second straight week where you went up against a a ranked opponent, you out talented them, you had the lead at halftime, they made adjustments, you didn't, and they just found a new and inventive way to lose. In this case, it's crappy special teams. Uh, you know, so now a And M sitting here at the bye at four and three. People are very, very frustrated. Uh, obviously, Jimbo's got this massive buyout, you know. So the, the question is, what do they do? And you know, I don't know honestly if they know what they're going to do at this point. You know, you it's it's been a it's obviously been a struggle for the past two seasons. Um, but you know, as you look ahead, what does it take for Jimbo to kind of quiet the crowd here. I mean, get people off his back and you notice they, and I will mention they lost a, lost a recruit too. Uh, you know, a, a top 100 recruit. So it, it's kind of, I guess maybe is that, is that all of this kind of festering together? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it, one is a result of the other. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, Draylon Miller is a, is a loss, you know, it stings, but AM also has three other four or five star uh, wide receiver commits and they have a an outstanding athlete and terry bussey who could be a wide receiver too uh you know it, that's the least of their worries right now they their more pressing concern is they have absolutely got to figure out what they're doing with their offensive line because it has been terrible and that has been their you know their biggest problem outside of crappy punting last week uh was just the inability to block Tennessee's pass rush and they are literally according to pro football focus one of the five worst pass blocking teams in the country and you know obviously that's had the effect of losing Connor Wigman for the season Max Johnson took an absolute beating uh, against the Vols and you know that's been the real reason outside of you know a just absolutely ridiculous uh special teams play last weekend that they've lost these last two games that they've basically given them away. So I'm going to ask a tougher question, Mark, you know, the, the fans are frustrated about coach Fisher. And yet, as I look back over the last, you know, 30 years of, of football for the Aggies, you got to go back to RC Slocum for a, for a coach who's been able to win double digit wins back to back what what has to happen 
for this Texas A&M program to break through the way the boosters and the fans, you know, to, to be equivalent to how the boosters and the fans support the program. Uh, you know, I think it's it's a mindset issue, to be perfectly honest. I think that it's not just a mindset for the coaching staff and for the players. It's also those boosters and those fans. You know, A&M and Aggies are just very nice, you know, want to go along, get along kind of folks. You'll always hear that Kyle Field's one of the friendliest places for visitors to go. You know, there's still an awful lot of people that want to see the core march in and they want to see the band and they want to talk about the old times at the tailgate. There's a growing number of people that don't want that. They're sitting there saying, I'm paying you $9 million, buddy. Go out there and win. So I think that really there needs to be a sense of urgency from the fans, the donors, and then the coaching staff. And, you know, I think that just people get comfortable when they get to AM. They they feel like, okay, I've got everything I need. These people are nice. They'll give us time. And, you know, if we win a little bit, then we'll get a big contract extension. They did it with Kevin Sumlin after one season. Jimbo got him to, into the top four in 2020, and they extended him as soon as Scott Woodward tried to, to get him to LSU. Uh you know, they there is a overly reactive, I think, element to the fan base where if somebody casts an eye at one of their coaches, they have to respond. They got to money whip them. And sometimes you just got to be like, you know what? Maybe we can do better with other options because it's not going to cost as much. You know, that's a great way to... Um... Look at it. I hadn't thought about that, but you're exactly right. Uh, talking with Mark Passwaters, AggieYell.com. Uh, Aggie's on a break right here. You were referred to it a moment ago, and I wonder if you'd elaborate uh, elaborate for us a little bit more. How much did losing Connor Wegman hurt this team? I mean, you, like you just mentioned, you've got back-to-back weeks right now um, where these were games that, you know, look, Alabama's Alabama, but, you know, I think we all felt things were set up for this team to kind of, you know, if you're going to take that next step, here's your chance. Uh, and you come back with more road woes um, that we've we've seen this program uh, suffer too many times. How much did losing him uh, really hurt this program and its uh, its attempt to, to to move forward? Oh, I think that it helped or it hurt uh, in a big way. Uh, you know, you heard a lot of people saying, you know, well, Max Johnson's got more experience. He sees the field better, this, that, and the other. One thing he doesn't do is run. Connor Wigman can move. He's got mobility. You saw that last year in games like against LSU, where, you know, when the situation called for it, he'd break out and he'd go get the first down with his legs. And I think that had Wegman been in there the last two weeks, certainly last weekend, you're probably looking at a different outcome because of the ability that he has to make plays with his legs. Max can run if he wants to, but he really doesn't. And he has a hesitant, he, he's very hesitant to make a mistake and you can see it because he holds on to the ball so long because he's trying to avoid the turnover that that becomes, you know, pressures, sacks, hits that he shouldn't be taking, even though he's not getting any help up front to begin with. But, uh, you know, I think that losing Wigman at the time, you, you looked at what Max did against Auburn. Then you looked at what he did against Arkansas and you think, okay, they can keep this thing moving, but against Alabama, against uh, Tennessee, you know, that elite competition, 
that's where you really started to miss Connor Wigman. So, so all of that, Mike, hang on a second. Follow up. Does that injury then potentially save Jimbo's job at the end if this team winds up, say, seven and five or something? You know, it might, but I think that uh, the payout would probably uh, do more to save his job than anything. Sure. Uh, you know, I think that you want to keep the recruiting class that they have put together. Uh, you want to have that come on campus because it's a, a darn good class as it is, and they're not done yet. Uh, if you can get those guys in there, you're going to have the 2022 class. They'll be juniors next year. You're already seeing some of them really break out. You know, should A&M's job go on the market, it will be the number one job that everybody wants. Uh, I don't think there's much debate about that unless Nick Saban retires, uh, which I don't think is happening. So you take a look at everything that A&M has, and you certainly wonder why they haven't made that next step. I mean, Jimbo keeps on talking about we got to coach them up. You know, we got to get those extra inches. Well, we've been hearing that for six years now, and people are starting to are, are really tired of it. So will Wigman's absence save his job? I don't know. But from what I've heard the last couple of days, I think the emotional reaction after Tennessee was fire him. But now the big money people are starting to kind of look at their checkbooks first. And that that alone may buy him another year. So as you look at the schedule, is there a is there a number of losses that make somebody pull the pin on the hand grenade? Is is you know if in other words, if they lose to Old Miss and LSU, two two teams that are ranked, and they go the seven and five route, that probably isn't enough to cause a panic. But what if there's an upset in there to Mississippi State or South Carolina, and the the Aggies end up six and six? Is is there a point where, you know, it's it's a point of no return? Uh, I think if you lose one of those two games you mentioned, there there could be a move. Uh, I know a lot of people were very upset about how A and M got out physical by Alabama and Tennessee, uh, and that that as much as the inability to make halftime adjustments cost them that those ball games. Uh, but you take you know counterpoint, you take a look at that schedule. Everybody on there is fundamentally flawed in that Ole Miss defense stinks. LSU's defense is beyond stink. I mean, it's just god-awful. The 120th in the country. Uh, you know, you talk about a waste of talent. That's the, the shining example that I can think of. Mississippi State is no good. Uh, A&M is still getting after the quarterback. Doesn't matter who they play. And South Carolina is 125th in sacks allowed. I don't know if Spencer Rattler gets out of that game alive. Uh, you know, uh, he he may not. Shane Beamer may not be the only one that has a broken foot by the end end of that one. Uh, you know, but counterpoint, you lose that game. You know what what excuse is there? Even it should be a 15, 18 point favorite in that thing. Uh, you know, so you take a look at the schedule. If A and M can figure out something offensively, if the offensive line can do anything. You know, they should be in all those ball games and should have a shot at winning them. I mean, I I, I said a couple of weeks ago I didn't think nine and three was out of the, the realm of possibility. I still don't think it's not, but my level of confidence is significantly less after seeing the way 
uh, the offensive line has gotten its hat handed to it the last two weeks. Talking with Mark Passwaters, AggieYell.com. Let's talk a little Aggies basketball right now. Uh, look, very, very nice place to start in the preseason, right? 15th in the AP poll, uh, the media at media days this week. Um, earlier, have got a and I think, second. Uh, picked them for second, I think, in the SEC. Yeah. Um, you know, what? Are, I knew this was a program that was on the rise. I'll be honest with you. Um, when I saw both of those positions, my first reaction was, wow, that's high. But you look at what they've got, and that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, I like what they have. Uh, you know, basically the core, with the exception of Dexter Dennis, is back. And they have possibly the most explosive scorer in the conference in Wade Taylor, who was the, the preseason player of the year pick. Uh, I mean, he, you know, you look at the guy and you you see a six foot point guard who will turn the ball over a little bit. Then you take a look at his numbers and he does think, you know, the body of work is almost unique in 87 and a half percent free throw shooter, uh, 18 points a game, five, five assists a game. You know, you take a look at everything he's done and there's only four or five guys in the country that that are his equal. And then you go and you take a look at. You know, you get Boots Radford back, you get Julius Marble and Henry Coleman. They went out and got a couple of big guys, which they absolutely had to have. Uh, you know, they're going to play tough defense. They have depth. They can bring guys off the bench that they can rely on. You know, I, I you know, do I think that they're a Final Four team? No, but I think that they could make the Sweet 16 for the first time in Aggie history. Yeah, and they also have really stepped up in terms of their preseason uh, pre-conference games, you know, with playing Ohio State, Penn State, Virginia, Memphis, and Houston. Um, how big of a matchup is that in terms of uh, recruiting, you know, when they go when they go play uh, Samson's Houston team? Uh, you know, that'll be that'll be interesting because they're they're not playing it on either campus. They're playing it at Toyota Center where the Rockets play. Uh, so that's going to be, you know, probably a bigger crowd, a little bit of a different crowd than what the, you're used to. Uh, you know, they kind of recruit in different ways. Uh, but certainly if you go out there and you beat a U of H, which is still going to be really good, then you're not just making a statement to the, the NCAA selection committee, which Buzz Williams and AM absolutely hate right now. Uh, but you're also telling recruits, Hey, look, this is what we are capable of doing. And then you go out and you stop just having to get guys that fit Buzz's system, you start having elite guys saying, I want to be part of that system. And that's how you take that next step. And I think, too, it's the year that there are a lot of very good teams in the SEC. There's no great dominant team this year in the SEC. So it's a chance uh, to make your mark. Uh, mark, great to talk with you as always and great to get your insight. Enjoy. What, what, do, what, do, you, what do you guys do when you have an off week? What do insiders and guys who have to be, call, follow every single thing of the program, what do you, what do, you do for this weekend when you're off? Uh, I'm going to uh, reintroduce myself to my family. <laughs> um, and, uh, actually my daughter and I are probably going to go down to a, a, uh, a big, uh, uh, pet rescue show downtown and hopefully find a, a puppy for her. There oh, you cool. go. Sweet. Good, good use of time. Well, we wish you the best with your choice and, uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks guys. Okay. Mark Passwaters. Once again, he's the publisher of AggieYell.com. AggieYell.com. Check it out. Aggies off this week, trying to retool and get ready to get back at it next week. Keep it here. Much more to come after this. 
Attention business owners. Have you filed for your employee retention credit and been approved? Are you now waiting for your refund check from the IRS? Instead of waiting months to a year plus, how would you like to get your ERC money in about 10 days? Now you can. With ERCMoneyUpfront.com, we help business owners that have filed their employee retention credit and been approved to get their money faster. If you're getting between $75,000 and $5 million, we could get you up to a 70% advance on that money in about 10 days. To learn more about how you can get your ERC money faster, call this number right now. Speak with one of our funding specialists and have a text sent to your cell phone with details. 800-279-0419. 800-279-0419. That's 800-279-0419. This is not a loan product except in California. An offer is not available in the state of Massachusetts. Well, I know you guys can keep track at home because guess who's keeping track at his home, Mr. Sturdy. Uh, have you have you in our in our picks? You know, we end each show. We you know, we make some picks, right? Have you missed a game yet? One. I think I'm like fourteen and one. Wow. Not that I'm counting. No, no, not that no I'm counting. of course not. Well, no, no, because you wouldn't do that. That would be just be way too shallow for you to do that. Um, <laughs> he's so I'm definitely and- doing that. Let's be clear. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Millimeter. Grab <laughs> <laughs> the Greek uh, mm-hmm. here on this show. All right, fellas, let's get to it. Let's start right here at, at you know the game of the week: Penn State at Ohio State. Who you got? I honestly might pick Penn State in this game if this game was in Happy Valley. I just think in Ohio Stadium, Penn State, Drew Aller is going to see some things. This Ohio State defense actually is pretty good, and I do think Ohio State's going to be able. to to soften them up a little bit in the middle to create some openings for uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. And I like Ohio State to win this game. And I think it'll be tight, though. I mean, I think I'm I'm thinking like 27-24 or something like that. Yeah, I, I the the only reason that I hesitate on Ohio State is younger quarter young quarterback, but then Penn State has one as well. But I just I don't see Ohio State losing this game. Their defense has stepped up a little bit. And Marvin Harrison Jr., in my opinion, is the best player in college football. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Um, Boy, I really, really want to take Penn State in this one for all the reasons. I love what Coach Franklin uh, is doing out there. Um, You know, I think this team, they've they've done everything they wanted to do, right, to get ready for this moment. Uh, But, Brad, I'm with you. You said it. It's not in Happy Valley. It's in in the horseshoe. And with that, I've, I've got to give the nod to Ohio State. I may regret it later, but I got to give the nod to Ohio State. Uh, let's go to the SEC, Tennessee and Alabama. Another another really good matchup. You know, it's interesting. this Tennessee offense, for all of their, you know, the issues, they have really been good at running the football, and, and they've scored in 33 and a half points a game, et cetera. But it's a different defense. I think this Miami or this Alabama defense, rather, is going to, uh, you know, kind of control this game. I think Alabama wins this one at home. Um, I, I, Alabama, I, I was really high on them after their win, the way they played in the second half against A&M and then the first half against Arkansas, that second half against Arkansas was pretty bad though. So uh, Nick Saban's got something to work on off a win. So he, I, I like him in this one. Yeah. I, I don't think Alabama is going to have a lot of trouble with Tennessee. I actually think 
Um, a little bit of revenge factor as well. I think Alabama is going to cruise in this one and and take this one easily. I've got to go with the tide. Um, I think that Brad, you're right. The second half, they, there's some things they need to clean up, but there's there's no better janitor than than Nick Saban, right? So, um, I think that Alabama for their struggles and um, that they are not the Alabama teams we've seen recently. I think they're beginning to round into form um, of a team that's going to be right there in December like they always are. They may prove me wrong. We'll see. Uh, but again, what are those games again? It's at Bryant-Denny. It's uh, it's not up in the Nayland, so uh, I'm going to go tight on this one uh, over Tennessee. Uh, finally, Texas at Houston. Longhorns coming off uh, that bye week. Yeah, I, I like Texas in this one, man. They got That's a tough bye week coming off that loss they had, and then, then you – they got to take it out on somebody. I think they're going to take it out on the Cougars here. Yeah, I think the Cougars, the Cougars are in in big trouble. There's, you know, you don't want to pack a Cougars walking around at night and having Longhorns come at them. And I think that's going to be a big problem. <laughs> I'm going to pause for a moment. Let that sink in. People listening. Yep. Oh. You got okay. Yep, he just got that was it. Mike Cagley. Is that is that is yeah, look that I, that's isn't that their uh, mascot? It is Cougars. It is meow. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Longhorns as well. Uh, not the same reasons Mike is going with them, but uh, I think Texas, like you guys said, that's a tough loss to sit on for a week. They've got something to prove. Um, look, everything that they want us to write there in front of them. Um, they're going to be favoring every game. They can run the table and get a revenge uh, matchup against the Sooners again, the big 12 title game. Uh, I'll take the Longhorns in this one. Uh, Cougars uh, will live to prowl another day. All right. We'll leave it there. Appreciate all the guests who came on. We appreciate you for listening as well. We have fun. Hopefully you did too. For Larry, uh, I'm Larry. For <laughs> for Mike and wow. Brad, our producer, Tony. Who am I? <laughs> editor, John. Who am I? Who am I? What is I'm my Ron Burgundy? I'm, Larry, that, I'm Admiral Stockdale, or was one that guy's name? He's like, who am I? <laughs> hey, you know, I usually work with a prompt for these things, right? I'm just winging it, which is that's who why put the question Larry. mark after his name. I'm Larry. I'm Larry Admiral. <laughs> All right, guys, we enjoy we enjoyed you. Hopefully, you enjoyed us. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekends. We're right back here next time, next week on the same station. Uh, although they may fire me. I don't know. We'll see. See you next time. The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of the Aki Guys Sports Spectacular.